Hello, and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage podcast. My name is JD, and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And we've got another set of questions from our anonymous have a question page. These are four of the questions that came in during August. I pulled two of them out to tackle separately in a longer post and hope to get to them in the next few weeks. So let's see what sort of questions people had for us last month. The first starts with question. I think there's no sex in heaven, a special gift that God has given us here and Satan has tried to destroy. Jesus says, no husbands, no wives. My husband doesn't necessarily agree. What do you think, Jay and forum members? So I answered a very similar question in question 28 of the January 2019 episode. I'll reread it here for the podcast episode, but uh, on the blog, I'll just link to it and I'll stick it in the show notes. Um, So the question that came in at that time said, Jesus said there won't be a marriage in heaven, but there will still, will there still be sex in heaven? For example, with a spouse who has passed. So the verse referenced here is uh, in Matthew 22. It says, in that same day, the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses told us that if a man dies without having children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring for him. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died, and since he had no children, he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third, right on down to the seventh. Finally, the woman died. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be of the seven, since all of them were married to her? Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. At the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they will be like angels in heaven. But about the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what God has said to you? I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And that's in Matthew 22, verses 23 to 32. So most of Christianity doesn't really discuss this. The ones that do the most are the Mormons who created a concept of sealed marriages as a way to keep marriage and sex in heaven. In short, you can only have one sealed marriage, which can only take place in the Mormon temple and is sealed for eternity. Some exceptions apply, uh, but to them, this solves the idea of not being able to get married in heaven, but still having a marriage in heaven. Of course, this gets complicated if you have a spouse who dies while you are sealed to them. Now, if you're a woman, this is less of an issue because Mormons hold that polygamy is what God intended. Men can have multiple wives sealed to them and thus have multiple wives in heaven in their theology. But women can't have multiple husbands. So a widow can get unsealed and then sealed to her new husband, but that sort of undercuts the idea that marriage is sealed in a temple are forever. To me, this sort of proves the system false. And I think this is about the same as once saved, always saved theology. You have to create this concept of a quote unquote real believer so that if someone lapses from the belief, you can say, well, I guess they weren't a true believer. Uh, For me, working solely from scripture, the short answer is, I don't think there will be marriage in heaven. And I'd surmise that means that there won't be sex in heaven either. Now, I know that disappoints some people, but here's how I see it. Marriage seems to be designed to be a metaphor for our collective relationship with God. Uh, This is pointed to in Ephesians 5, verses 25 to 32, and 1 Corinthians 11, verse 2. And the argument could be made that sex could be a metaphor for that most intimate aspect, prayer. So then, when we get to heaven, will we need marriage as a metaphor for our relationship with God when he is there with us? Will we need prayer to communicate, or will we simply say, hey, Jesus, 
when we see him face to face. My best guess is that there will be something far better than marriage awaiting us and something better than sex. I think we'll look back and think, wow, we used to think that was something special. So question two simply asks, where can I find diagrams of the various positions for a man to perform oral sex on his wife? Um, the couple that runs MarriedDance.com, and you can get a 10% discount if you use the coupon code Uncovering Intimacy there. Uh, they also run a free site called Christian Friendly Sex Positions, and they're all categorized so that you can find oral sex positions for oral sex on a wife, and I'll link to it in the show notes. They're Christian friendly because they use stick figures as illustrations, which I think is perfect because it fits the informative but non erotic measuring stick that I tend to use. That said, sometimes it can be a little hard to decipher how exactly to get into position, but there are descriptions detailing that as well. Question three is uh, My wife had an eight year sexual affair. After discovery and forgiveness, and because I truly believe that our promises in marriage are important, I am still married to her and we live as a loving couple. However, I find it extremely difficult to make love to her. On the one hand, I want to sanction her by withholding my intimacy, and on the other, I have lost all sexual desire for her. Am I wrong to do slash feel this way? So, feelings are hard to control, so I'm unsure if there's a right way or a wrong way to feel. However, there are productive and non-productive ways to feel and right and wrong choices. And I think the more important question is, how do you want to feel about her? If you decide you want to feel angry, well, I think that's the wrong choice. If you want to feel grace, mercy, and love towards her, I think that's the right choice. And then the next step is working on how to feel that way. To do that, you may want to reach out and find a specialist in dealing with infidelity. I am not one. I've never been through it, and while I've helped some couples later in their healing process, I'm generally not dealing with the initial recovery unless they're both in a pretty healthy place and fully invested in moving forward. Uh, You sound like you have some things that you need to work through first. I believe that if you choose to stay, you have committed to working through that, whatever that means for you. Uh, You may also want to check out question two from the last podcast and blog post as well, as I tackled a similar question from the other side of the relationship. And on to the last question. Uh, Question four starts with, I'm struggling with a problem and I just need as much advice as I can get. So maybe you can help me. I'm 26 years old and married to my husband, who's 33 for a year now. I'm starting school this fall to become a kindergarten teacher. This will take three years, and I'm going to be in school and working five days a week, plus studying on the weekends and at night. I want to become a mom more than anything else. In the country I'm from, that would mean I would have to pause school for almost my entire pregnancy, plus after birth one year. In all that time, I would get paid my school salary, which is not enough to live on for long, especially not with a child. I know that all sounds like a dream for Americans, But don't forget that when I'll go back to school, I'll have to send my one-year-old child to daycare or give it to grandparents or my husband. He works from home and is a bit more flexible, but either way, it would mean that I could not spend the time I want with my child and we would financially struggle. The other option is to wait until I'm done with school. The pros there is that we will have way more money and I could go part-time after my mother time, one year off with a full salary after birth. But the cons are that I will be almost 30 by that point, and this will be my first child. For my husband and me, it was always clear that having a family is our top priority, and I don't want to risk anything. Also, I I just don't want to wait any longer, and I also want to be a mother for my child and not working all the time. Not going to school is not really an option either, because we have to make 
more money at some point. My husband could not support two of us alone at the moment. I'm really looking forward to your advice. Thank you. So you have to decide your priorities because you have warring priorities here. We all sacrifice things to become parents. Some were aware of ahead of time, but the vast majority you have yet to learn until you become a parent. For ourselves, we spent years below the poverty line raising kids. I was once out of work for a year while we had five kids under 10 years old. For us, the priority was the kids, not financial stability, not our careers or anything else. Uh, My wife is a stay-at-home mom, not having had a career since soon after we started having kids. We wanted to ensure that... They had a parent home with them, and we wanted to homeschool them. Uh, As a result, we don't take fancy vacations. We don't have expensive vehicles. We have enough to live on and a little bit more, but only a little bit. Uh, Last year, we moved away from all of our friends and families because of those choices. Uh, We couldn't afford to live in the province we had both grown up in, and we moved across the country to the prairies because raising our kids, homeschooling them, and having them raised by their parents was our priority. I'm not saying these have to be your priorities, but you have to figure out what your priorities are. Uh, What I will say, also say, is that having children later is more challenging. You know, the recovery is slower, your energy levels are lower, uh, everything is just harder. It was hard when we were in our mid-20s, and I couldn't imagine doing it in our mid-30s like some do. Uh, When Christina and I were talking about getting married, someone told us, don't wait until you have money to get married or else you never will. I think the same goes for kids. If you want them, then have them. Will it be hard? Absolutely. Kids destroy your life in the best way possible. Um, I think a stable marriage is one thing that you should wait for to have a child. I firmly believe that children should not be the priority over your spouse, and they will also not fix your relationship. They will make good things better and bad things worse. They're a multiplier, not a solution. As well, What children need more than anything else is a stable, loving relationship between their parents. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be stable and loving. It's a fairly low bar, but it is important. And that's it for today. As always, thank you to our amazing supporters for helping discuss the questions as they come in. Their insights are always, well, insightful, and they help me formulate and sometimes challenge my responses. As always, if you have questions of your own, you can submit them on our Have a Question page. There's a link in the show notes, and we'll get to it within the next month as we're now finally caught up. If you'd like to participate in discussing the questions as well as the other perks supporters get, consider setting up a low monthly donation and help us continue to help people with their marriages. That's it for today. Talk to you next time.